Today, Chof Alev Av, the 21st of Av, was the yurt site of a holy person, a tzaddik. His name was Rabbi Aaron of Belzer, Rabbi Aaron Rakeach. He was the previous Belzer of, passed away in 1957. He was known to be a very holy person. Holy means that his physical being, his physical body, was so um, refined and sensitized to spirituality and holiness that his body naturally revolted when it physically came in contact with something that was not clean, spiritually clean. The Rebbe said after his passing uh, that this, he was an example of what it says in Chassidus, it mentions in some places that sometimes a person can reach such a level of refinement that the physical chemistry of his body is so sensitive that it cannot bear to come in physical contact with anything which is associated with the with a world of uncleanliness. And there are many stories that, that illustrate that. A friend of mine whose father visited the old Belzarov in the early 1950s told me that he was once there for Hanukkah and people would put coins on a plate and the Rebbe would put his hands on the coins and bless the coins and there was and then everybody would take their coin out of the plate and take it with them as an segula, an amulet and the Rebbe wouldn't be able he, the, the, the Belzarov wasn't able to see at the end of his life he had a disease, it was a genetic disease that the whole family suffered from. All the Rebbe's of Bills at the end of their lives, the last few years, could not see. They were totally blind. The Rebbe at that time was totally blind. He, he noticed when the Rebbe put his hand on the plate with the coins, he immediately removed the hand, like as if something bothered him. They checked in the plate and they saw there was a Swiss franc. Somebody had put, came from Switzerland and played the Swiss coin in the plate. And the Swiss coins have an image of a cross on them. The Rebbe, without being able to see, just his hand felt uncomfortable. There are many stories like that. My father was, visited him in 1952, Tafshin Yud Beis. My father survived the war and suffered after the war for many years from nightmares, from the memories, the, the fears. And my father asked, asked him what he should do. With, um, and he told him to learn Gemara with Marsha. Gemara with Marsha. Marsha is a famous commentary on the Gemara, very special commentary, which is considered one of the great commentators whose commentary was written HaKadosh, with divine inspiration. Um, just want to point out something about him, his character. One of the things this Rebbe, this Rav ex excelled in is extreme sensitivity to look at other people in a positive way. Never to God forbid say a bad word about another Jew, even someone who clearly exhibits uh, a, a lack of commitment to the basic practices of Judaism. 
he would never utter a negative word about anyone. And he was so extreme that if somebody said something and expressed himself in a negative way about another Jew, even that other Jew deserved it, you might say, he would immediately react that the person should immediately retract what he said and made him wash his hands because he had just uttered a ter- terrible thing about another Jew. I heard this from Abel Zachoset, who knew him, and he told me a few anecdotes which illustrate his inc- incredible sensitivity to always see other people in a positive way, so much so that they say that uh, some great person said about him that about the Belzerov, that you know some people they're melametzchus, they, you know they always try to interpret other people's actions in a more positive way, in a more favorable way. But he actually really believed it. He didn't just try and make an effort to interpret other people's actions in a good way, but he actually believed that they were righteous. So once a person came to him, it was a Jew, who was a Holocaust survivor, it was right after the war. It was a Rav. He was a Rav in Europe before the war. And he came to Eretz Yisrael. Everybody was at that time looking to make a living, get a job. He was offered a position in rabbinics, be a Rav in a city. He was offered a job in two places. One in a city in Eretz Yisrael, which was mostly Jews that were not Shomer Shabbos. And on the other hand, he also had a position offered in a place where there were more observant Jews. Shemri Shabbos, Shemri Terim Mitzvahs. He asked the Belzerov which position to take, and he told them to take the other one, the one that didn't have uh, many Shemri Shabbos, many Shabbos observant Jews. So the Jew, the Rav said to the Belzerov, he said, but these people are Mechal Shabbos. The people there are Mechal Shabbos, they desecrate Shabbos. The Belzerov heard this, he like jumped, like somebody had bitten him. You said about Jews, Mechal Shabbos? Take it back and wash your hands. You said something bad about another Jew. They're not Mechal Shabbos. They're still holding Friday afternoon. For them, it's Friday afternoon. Just to say a word negative about another Jew. Once a parent, a parent came and complained that his son has a problem. He steals and it seems to be an irresistible urge. Maybe he suffered uh, from kleptomania or, or whatever. He, the, the child was involved in, in, in stealing on a very uh, rampant way. So the, the Rav said to him, the Belzerov said to him, Chas v'shalom, don't say the word he's stealing. Say he's borrowing. He's borrowing and uh, he forgets to pay back or to give it back. No, make sure he has good friends and uh, that uh, he should stop borrowing like this. But even to say the word was to him a very... Um, and finally I heard a very beautiful story, uh, also from a Belzechaset. When the Belzechaset was roving Belz in Galicia, he was the rov of the city. So once somebody came to him and told him that there's a barber in the city that Friday afternoon, especially in the winter when in Poland, uh, sundown was very early. It could be four o'clock in the afternoon. 
So he was a barber, he would give people haircuts, he was a simple Jew. But there were Jews, other simple Jews in the same town, who didn't care so much about Shabbos, or the ones who were careful. So when it came Friday late, it was already almost uh, candlelighting, they would come in quickly in a rush, they wanted to get a haircut. And he officially closed the front doors, officially making a statement that he keeps Shabbos. But he would open the back door and some of those Jews would come late, even after sundown, and get a quick haircut. So by the time they left the barber shop, it was already after sundown. So he told the Belzerov that this barber is Mechal Shabbos. The Belzerov invited the barber to his study and told him, somebody mentioned to me, and that person was in the room, the person that told about him, Somebody mentioned to me that it appears to him that you weren't careful with Shabbos, that you gave haircuts to people after sundown. The barber, the barber lost his cool. He started yelling at this man that he's lying, he's making up stories, that he's never transgressed and desecrated Shabbos. And that it's not true. It's not true. And the other person is screaming at him back, you Russia, you wicked man. I saw with my own eyes people leaving your barbershop from the back door. It was clearly after sundown. So the Belzerov turned to both of them and said, I, both of you, I should fine you. He says, the barber is because you behaved in such a way as to arouse suspicion that another Jew should think that you desecrated Shabbos. A Jew should not even engage in such behavior that may arouse such suspicion. So the Belzerov was very careful not to say, because you desecrated Shabbos. He didn't want to say such a thing, but he said that you behaved in a way as to arouse the suspicion in another Jew, to think that, you, that you're desecrating Shabbos. And for the other Jew, he says, for you, you called another Jew a Russia. You called him a Russia for that I need to find you. He says, you, he said to the barber, you have to pay um, two pounds of candles. In those days, the candles were sold by the pound, two pounds of candles to the shul. And you, you have to give one pound of candle to the reporter. You have to give one pound of candles to the shul. He says, since you're both poor, you don't have the money, I will pay for it for now. For this time, I will pay for you. And he told his gabai to take out money from his fund, and he paid their fine. Then he turned to the barber, you never do anything to arouse suspicion that people should think that you're doing something wrong. And to the other guy he says, please never ever, no matter how clearly it seems to you that he's a violator, don't, don't call another Jew a Russian.